Hey everyone, welcome to the show. So do you really go broke if you go woke? Well, all right. Let's just pick one thing. Let's pick Hollywood and let's pick movies. Uh, A subject that I've probably touched on here and there for the past few years. But, you know, some movie companies, uh, I won't name names, Disney. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, especially Disney. They really have interjected uh, a political view or ideology over anything else. And if if you're listening to this and you're immediately going to attack me, well, maybe you're not my target audience. But that's not fair. My, tardi- my target audience is everybody and anybody who loves to be entertained. My target is anybody who, who loves art, who loves fairness. And, you know, I believe that movies like a piece of art should, should be about the, the creativity and the source of that is imagination and especially when it's something of fiction. It's spawned out of someone's imagination. Therefore, it's wide open for a character to, to be anything and that's the beauty of that. So the problem is, is when somebody somewhere in Hollywood decides they need to start checking boxes and again, let me preface this by saying I don't care who you are. I don't care your race, gender, or religion. I don't care about any of that because those are just parts of you. That's part of the whole. And the fact is, is especially when it comes to a particular role in a movie or, or whatever the, the background is of that character, I think it all comes down to whoever the best person is for that part. And if it was written a specific way, uh, especially with something written long ago and it came out of the writer's imagination and they pictured it a certain way, just leave it like that. And so, look, the trend is now is everything has to be swapped, whether it's race swapping or gender swapping. And again, I feel like, really? So that's what we've come down to. I used to think that, you know, especially America is such a huge melting pot. And that, to me, that's diversity. I think people are missing the point of diversity. Diversity is a natural thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's everyone. And it's all about coming together. It's not about saying that I am only my skin color. I am only my gender. I am only my religious background. Um, How odd. Because I've always embraced the exciting reality that everyone is an individual. And there's only one me on earth, there's only one you, and that's fascinating and amazing. And all those parts of you make up you. Your sexual identity, your gender, your skin color, your background, and beyond that, well beyond that. And if you only identify as those things, uh, I really think you're limiting yourself. But I digress, I don't want to get too far down that road. I'm just saying, the world is already diverse, and you need to keep an open mind. So, let's say there's a character, and that character is fictional. There is not based on a real historical character. Look, I don't care. Do whatever you want with it. It doesn't matter. But I will say if there is a particular character, let's say some old Disney animation movie like The Little Mermaid. Again, I really don't care what color The Little Mermaid is. But yes, the 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 upcoming live action version is, is getting a, a, a bit of backlash because they're like, you know, this was a fictional character and it was a mermaid. And whatever she looked like before, that it is what it is. Why can't you just make a live action version of that? You don't why do you have to change it? Well, whatever. So if you're if you're race swapping, that's fine. And and you know, that's one thing. 
So whatever, they want to, to do that because they feel they need to do that to tick a box or whatever, they're, they're trying to appeal to a different or wider audience, that's fine. <clears throat> so before I, I say anything else about, about historical characters that are actually real, okay, that's different. But let's take fiction. All right, let's stay in the world of fiction. <clears throat> there are some that believe when they watch a movie or they read a story or especially something they're watching, I suppose, the idea is, well, they can't connect because they need to see themselves in that. Um, all right, I, I certainly get that to a, to a certain extent, but let's be honest here. Once you open that Pandora's box and go down that road, I'm going to tell you right now, you'll need to include everybody and have 500 different versions. Here's my point. So you need to change a movie. You need to modernize it for modern audiences for our modern times because it was, it was old and archaic and maybe it was based on back then. Oh, it was just the evil white people running the world. All right. So you do a race swap. All right. Well, that's fine. But it only seems to go in one direction. And let's say you choose someone who might be African-American. So, okay, so now that person can identify if they need to identify specifically about, about skin color and race. Okay, so where are, where's the Korean uh, representation? Vietnamese, uh, Chinese, Torres Strait Islander, Native American. Um, oh, I see, so you're gonna have to keep going and going. Do you see what I'm saying? So you have to have 20 different movies to ensure that every race is is represented, and then also you'll have to make sure uh, both genders or transgender or whatever gender fluidity at the moment that somebody may in fact um, identify with is also represented. So I'm just saying, if that's the only way to identify with a character is to make sure that in every way they match you exactly, you'll have 50 different versions of each movie and each story. So I, I'm just saying, once you open that box, you now can't limit yourself to just one thing or one race. You can't just say, oh, we've done that, we've swapped it, so now, it's, now we've done our part. No, because now you've excluded other, other countries and other races. So once you start to decide about inclusivity, you've actually gone down the road again of excluding. I'm just saying, that's a fact. So, so let's say you, you even do that. Let's talk about now... Now you've made all those movies and you've ticked all the boxes and everybody's represented. So you've sacrificed the idea of art for art's sake. So um, you might as well start going after art in general. You might as well go after paintings and sculptures because that particular artist painted um, a particular subject at that time that was a certain gender or color, but it is appreciated by all all people around the world, but no, no, um, <clears throat> art is also a commodity, just like a movie. That's true. It is. Art can make money. So if you're trying to appeal to the audience you're making money for, and they're not there for the, you know, purely art's sake, then you better start changing statues through history and making sure they're all altered. You better change the Mona Lisa right quick. I'm just saying. So once you start down that road of messing with art, then you need to now go back and you need to change all art. Wow, that's, that's starting to get down the, the murky road of, of, of fascism. And I love how you know the extreme left loves to call everyone else fascists, but they're the ones that want to start putting down the rules of you will use these words or you will be jailed. You will conform to this ideology or you will be jailed. 
<laughs> you think I'm crazy? Yeah, just look online and see how that movement's going and that they actually are trying to make certain conformities a jailable offense if you don't fall in line. Again, I won't go too far down that road, but that's where we're headed, even with something as simple as movies, which is just meant to be about entertainment for God's sake. So let's talk about the fact that the person on the screen has to be just like me and look like me, or I won't be able to identify with them. Okay, well, let me tell you a story. One of my favorite favorite characters from a movie is Ellen Ripley, played by the amazing Sigourney Weaver in the Alien series. You know what? When, when you watch those movies, when I watch those movies, I identified with her as the hero and the protagonist as the, and the only person that was sane and logical in that movie. You know why? Because everyone identifies with her because she's awesome in that movie and she kicks ass. And yes, it does happen to be she's a woman. Oh, who would have thought? You mean they were strong women back then with strong female roles? Yeah, they were girl bosses back then, guys. You didn't invent that. And her part was awesome. Everyone knows she kicked ass in that movie. And you know what? Even though I'm not female, I absolutely identified with her. I wanted to be her in that situation. And when she was battling against the alien and she was having to argue with the other crew because they were making stupid decisions and she was actually making the right decisions, like early on in the movie, her decision was... And this was her role in the movie to protect the ship, um, and uh, they wanted to, they wanted to bring him on board, and he had the the, the friggin' alien face hugger on his face, and she was like, "There is no way you're bringing that on board," and she was gonna lock him out. Yeah, that's a tough decision. That's what leaders have to do. That's what people in charge have to do, especially when you're <laughs> you're out there in the middle of outer space and you're trying to protect your crew. And so you identify with her right away. And the, the crew turned against her and said, no, we're going to do the right thing, the human thing, and bring him in. Now, again, we, you already knew, you already could see that she was going to be the one who really was going to fight to the end. So how is it possible that I identified with her? I, I'm not female. That makes no sense. I identified with her because she was a great character a character that was well-written and well-portrayed and well-acted on screen by Sigourney Weaver. You could say the same for Sarah Connor in the Terminator movies. Of course, you identify with her, and even in Terminator 2. Okay, Arnie comes back as the hero. It's the big reveal. But you know what? You know what? The audience still identifies with Sarah Connor because she was the one that came from a place of not feeling confident about herself, but by the sequel... She was, yeah, okay, she was locked up in the loony bin, but you could see she had toughened up and she was a badass. And 100% identified with her, and I wanted to be her as the hero. It didn't mean I wanted to transition to be a woman. It didn't mean I had to be her, but I 100% identified with her and rooted for her, and I spent my money on that movie uh, because of her. I could go on and on. One of my favorite Marvel characters is Blade. You know why? Because Blade was a badass and he used a sword. And, and I loved, you know, I went through the whole sword phase, as you do, you know. And, and I thought that was awesome because he was, he is a, a, a vampire that has none of their weaknesses. He can go out in the daytime and kick ass and kill vampires and save people and be a hero. Well, he is an African-American and I, I identified with him because he's awesome and I wanted to be him. Of course I want to be Blade. Everyone wants to be Blade. He's a badass. So because I'm not black, I can't identify with him. 
well, wait a minute. You know what? That character was written like that specifically. Blade was always black. And that's awesome. So you're saying one day, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. We need to do a race swap here. Don't we need to make it for modern audiences and a diverse audience? So, yeah, I think it's, I don't think it's correct that Blade should be black. I think he should be played by Ben Affleck. So let's switch him. Oh my God. Imagine the thunder that would come down the mountain if you said that. Of course not. Of course they wouldn't accept that. He can't race swap in the other direction. And again, I, I'm just being honest here. You need to look to yourselves and, and understand that once you start ticking these boxes, then you need to go all the way around. And, and then you know what? As much as you're, you're trying to avoid divisiveness or racism, you've ended up right back in racism. <laughs> you've, you've, you dove right back into racism by focusing on race or gender. So this is what I don't get. Anybody can identify with the character on the screen. Um, um, the, the Marvel movies, for example. Okay, they are going down a huge trend of girl boss. And again, I have no problem with a strong female lead or character because we've grown up with that, with characters through the years. Remember, remember uh, uh, Lilu from The Fifth Element. She was kicking ass with Bruce Willis. And she didn't have to take away anything from him. She didn't have to demoralize him. And at the end, uh, you know what? She was vulnerable enough to say, even though I'm about to save the world because I'm a badass and I have it in me to do that, you know, it's funny, at the end of that movie, she needed one thing. She needed for Bruce Willis to say that, you know, he loved her and cared about her. I know it sounds cheesy, but I think that's the great sort of balance between men and women. They can be strong together. So she needed just a bit of support from him, and he showed that, and she was able to save the world. And, and, and I love that character, and she's great. I don't see her as a girl boss where she has to emasculate the male and just steal the scenes. They were both badasses. So yes, down through history, there have been plenty of girl bosses, but they didn't annoy the shit out of us. You know the difference between the modern girl boss? The modern girl boss in a movie, she doesn't earn it. I'm sorry, but that's a fact. The writer just says, oh, she's girl boss because, because plot says so. She's girl boss because, she, and she goes around saying, that's the other thing too, doesn't prove it, doesn't have a character arc, doesn't come from making mistakes or stumbling and then improving and learning and then by the end being a better hero but at the start maybe they they were they were selfish or or naive and they didn't understand and they've learned something and they've grown no no from scene one they're a badass you know what you know who likes that nobody it's boring because it's not realistic and that's something we can't relate to as a human we all have flaws and i'm sorry if you popped out of the womb a badass well good on you but you'd be the first in the world because everyone has to go on a journey to learn. Everyone has to get experience to be better. And the problem with girl boss is from scene one, they're awesome. And they go on telling people, I'm awesome. Look at me, I'm awesome. You're male. You're inferior and I'm awesome. And you're like, oh, well, men used to do that. You know what? I dare you to look back through movies and find roles where men had to demean the female in the role to prove that they were good. And furthermore, you know, most male characters in movies they all have flaws, and they all end up throughout the course of the story showing you how they've overcome these flaws and how they've gone beyond themselves. They've gone beyond the selfish and looked to others, to save others, to be the champion for the weaker people around them, to be strong. What's wrong with that? 
I could even go so far as to specifically say Luke Skywalker. You know, Luke Skywalker never actually became the the amazing hero, you know, commanding the room. Through every movie, he struggled and struggled. And by Return of the Jedi, had to make some serious tough decisions. And even in Return of the Jedi, sorry, spoilers. If you haven't seen Return of the Jedi, I can't help you. But even in Return of the Jedi, stuck to his guns and didn't let, you know, the dark side take over and violence take over and he threw down his sword he threw down his arms in order to show that that's what he had learned different from his father rather than take the path of aggression and violence and letting go of his feelings and and destroying his father he proved something else and what an amazing story arc that is and no that wasn't the traditional at the end badass killing everyone in the room he almost got killed himself, and in the end, actually was saved by his father, Darth Vader. Again, a beautiful story arc from, from Star Wars, where he was just the kid, you know, uh, the fish out of water who really didn't know shit and was thrust into a situation, you know, into the universe, learning about his father and the Force, and, and again, a story arc, a journey, but still very flawed. And so, yeah, no one likes... Whatever kind of character, that's just awesome from the start. It's boring. It's not, it's not natural. So this is what I don't get, uh, you know, again, about having to tick boxes because we have to make sure everyone's represented. You know, anyone on the screen you can identify with and you don't have to be exactly like them in every way. There's kids might identify with an adult hero. How, how, you know, how can you do that? You know what I mean? Are all kids represented? How do you go down that road? So every movie now has to have a kid version so they can specifically identify? Well, that's what they have cartoons for, bro. <laughs> okay? That's what cartoons are for. They can have that world. But, you know, um, families go to movies and they all enjoy watching, you know, the mixture of what's going on on the screen. Kids go to see Marvel movies and they're watching adults. So what are you saying? They can't identify with the adults? They're looking up to them. They, want to, they aspire to be them one day. Do you get that? They're going on a journey themselves. So, and now, so that's fictional characters. Again, I don't care what you do, but just keep that in mind, that if you're going to start having to swap everything because you're trying to make it for modern audiences, then you better make sure you do the report thoroughly and make 50 movies to represent every single heritage and background and religious background and skin color and gender and, and age. That's right. What about ageism? Um, when I'm 90, I'll watch a movie with a bunch of young people. I'll come out going, God damn it, this movie doesn't represent me. I can't believe this. This is, this is ageism. Everyone in the movie was 20. I'm 90. What about a 90-year-old hero? Sorry, not all old people sound like that. But you know what I'm saying? What are you doing? You're opening a Pandora's box of ticking boxes, and you'll have to tick everyone's box from age zero to 100. Good luck with that, folks. So my other thing is, so that's the world of fiction. Now, now they're even messing with the world of historical figures. So if any of you know, there's a supposed docu-series on Netflix now, this has got Jada Pinkett Smith behind it, which is already setting up red flags. So the controversy is, is, is Cleopatra. And there's always, there's talk in, in the show about, well, 
everyone knows Cleopatra was black. Again, they're just, they're just assuming from modern times that, oh, Cleopatra must be black. So without any actual facts, and yes, there are actual facts, there are paintings, there are statues, there is evidence, there is lineage from actual historians, and you can look this up. Always fact check. Don't listen to me. I could be a lunatic. You fact check this yourself. You know, Cleopatra had Greek and Macedonian origins, and, and there is a lineage of, of history there written down, even though there's no video of her or modern photograph. But for God's sake, you know, history was taken down in different ways back then. It was written down, or there were paintings, or there were statues. And the fact is, from a factual historical point of view, no. Cleopatra was not African-American, but they went ahead and put it, put it in the documentary. Now, that's, a, that's dangerous when you call it docu-series, documentary, because people are watching, oh, this must be true. Oh, they must have historians on this, and, and they've found the facts. How interesting. I better, I better believe this now. And then you have people they talk to in the movie who aren't scientists, and they aren't historians. It's like someone's grandma. Someone goes, yeah, my mom always said, um, no matter what they tell you in school, Cleopatra was, brat, was black. Ah, you listen to Granny, uh, Professor Granny. Yes, I've written, I, I've read a few of her books. She's awesome, Professor Granny. Really? These are your sources? Someone's grandma? Again, please understand, this has nothing to do with, with anyone's race. It's about, it's about just being honest and not trying to slip this in because you're trying to push a certain view or ideology that doesn't even make sense at this point because it's a historical figure. So in the end, it didn't work for them because this docuseries has tanked. It has the worst reviews ever on, on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's because everyone knows of all colors. They know it's ridiculous. And someone's just trying to, to, to reset history and, and reset your, your ideas and, and, and sell you an, an ideology. Uh, even, you know, Egyptians themselves and historians have pushed back and they're actually upset. Yo, yeah, that's possible because you've upset them. You've erased their history. So, you know, there's whitewashing and blackwashing. Well, both those are wrong, especially when it comes to a historical figure. So again, if you want to do that, if you just want to rewrite history and let the chips fall where they may, then I'm, I'm waiting for the story of Malcolm X, uh, and I would like to see Matt Damon star. I think Matt Damon has the acting chops, right? I think he is, he's just got the right acting chops to take on that role, and he can do it. Oh, oh he can't do it. Why, why, why not? Oh, yeah, it would be ridiculous. But it can work in the other direction. That's the new trend. You can erase history as long as it's only going in one direction. But yeah, if I say Matt Damon's up for the role of Malcolm X, oh my God, what the hell are you talking about? Yes, it sounds ridiculous. Because it is ridiculous. So, but that's, but that's not fair, right? That's being, that's being a, a hypocrite 100%, right? Because why wouldn't that be fair? Why shouldn't that be fair? If I can go one direction, I should be able to go the other direction. And, and that's the other trend where the character, you have to be that to be the character. So if you're playing an autistic character, you need to be autistic. If you're playing a homosexual character, you also need to be homosexual. So we are, we are getting away from the idea of actors and actually of what they fundamentally do. 
They are not that actual person. Did you know that? Did you know that they're actors? So, you know, if, if that were true, then um, um, Sir Anthony Hopkins, um, well, he should be canceled because he played a flesh-eating psychopath. So I'm pretty sure that Anthony Hopkins in his actual life is not a crazy human flesh-eating psychopath. All right? He is not Hannibal Lecter. So that makes no sense. So now actors have to actually be a murderer, a murderer and a psychopath to play a murderer and a psychopath. Okay, well, that'll be an interesting uh, casting call. All right, you three. Um, so what are, your, what are your credentials? Well, I've killed 27 people, and I, uh, I do have a pichon for, for eating human flesh. Uh, it's just a thing I have, and I've written that down and specifically how I like it filleted. You can see it there in, in my notes. Um, you're perfect. You're, you're fucking nuts. You're great. You've got the part, you crazy psychopath. Um, just on the way out, please uh, sign the paperwork and uh, have the security guards watch you at all times. Do you understand what I'm saying? You think I'm nuts? This is what you've done. You've opened up this doorway of saying that now in order to play a fictional magical character spawned out of someone's mind, the actor whose job it is to pretend to play act has to be that in order to play it. That's the prerequisite now. Okay, so if, yeah, if, if you have to play a handicapped uh, a part. So, so the best actor who's going to get the most out of the part and make people in the audience connect and bring that story alive, bring the story of even a historical character. Let's say it's a historical character who's in a wheelchair and the best actor for it who is going to make the audience feel for their story and then later on maybe they'll change their minds and open their minds and that's the amazing thing about what movies can do they can change your minds and excite you and and open your mind to a new world and new possibilities and new ways of thinking but that's what actors do i got to give that to actors that's their job they can become that they can become that person that's the scary part about some of them and some of them go too far you know they go down the heath ledger road they the heath ledger they go you know, even Jack Nicholson, they get a bit lost in the part, uh, you know, and, uh, and now that person, if they want to play someone who's, who's handicapped and in a wheelchair, let's say, the actual actor would have to be in a wheelchair. So that certainly narrows down your field. I'm just being honest. When you do the casting call, the only actors who can apply need to actually be uh, handicapped in some way. Or you can take the best actor and, uh, you know, Get that baseball bat, whack him in the knees. Get that motherfucker handicapped. Handicap him. I think we should do that. Get the best actor and then just bash his knees. And he's ready, he's ready to go. He's not only the best actor to portray the character, he's also now handicapped. Hey, look, that's commitment. Uh, I think Daniel Day-Lewis would go down that road. You know he would. He probably would. His next role, if he was playing someone uh, with one arm, Daniel Day-Lewis, He'll cut that arm off, boy. I just know he will. So, look, if that's the kind of actors you want who are committed, you know, um, that's fine because I'm sure there's plenty waiting in the wings to go down that road. Um, so, look, if you can understand what I'm saying, then you understand how we're not going in a good direction. And I just don't understand why movies can't be movies for entertainment's sake, for art's sake. Choosing the, the best actor for that character, you know? Um, what happened to Mataka? You know, I feel like, uh, I feel like you, c you can no longer 
achieve based on merit anymore. And that's, again, that's a whole other podcast, but that's starting to get really scary. You know? Anything that you achieve in life should be, should be based on, on, on merit and that you've achieved it because you are the best person for that based on your skill and experience and talent and all that you've brought to that. And that's sad when that starts to go out the window, when you're getting chosen for other reasons. Um, you know, I, I think about, again, the, the movies from the past. They, they, they just were what they were because they were good. Um, Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption, for example. So the story, uh, the character of Red, played by Morgan Freeman, I can't picture anyone else in that role to this day because he was so fantastic in that role as Red and, and just nailed it, and he's synonymous now with, with the movie Shawshank Redemption uh, in everyone's mind. Well, the fact is, is that actual character, fictional character, uh, was actually written as, I think, like an Irish guy, an Irish white guy, hence the nickname Red. And even there's a joke in the movie where they say, why do you, why do you call, uh, why do they call you Red? You know, and uh, and Morgan Freeman goes, maybe it's because I'm Irish. It's look, that was actually a great joke, and it's funny, and it's true, and it landed well. So he got the part because it was a fictional character, and who cares? He nailed it. So like, yeah, you know what? This is he's the right way to go. So I've just destroyed all your preconceived ideas that you thought I was about saying. No, it needs to be left as it is. No, I get it. If they're fictional characters, I don't care what you do to it. But just do it. Pick the person, or if it's a CGI movie or Pixar movie, just make your decisions based on what you think is best for the story and the character and the audience. Yeah, yeah, the audience and the fans, because we're paying the money. And to have the most widest appeal for everyone on Earth, for everyone on planet Earth, not just the demographics or the specific you know, tick boxes that you're after. That is how you keep it pure. That's how you keep it art, whether it's music, whether it's books, whether it's movies, stories, whatever it is, a painting, a sculpture, it comes from creativity and it comes from art. When the artist is sculpting it from a, from a lump of clay, there's not someone there, there's not a, a Hollywood advisor from the Hollywood, you know, ratings board, keeping an eye on them saying, mm, no, 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 I don't like those features. They're going down, you know, one specific demographic that we don't like. So I, I need you to, ch to change it. You, again, you think I'm nuts. This is the world that you're, you're trying to invent. You're trying to invent this fascist world where there's no longer inspiration and art. It's only about you will do what we say to conform to our rules. Well, good luck starting to go down doing that with with artists and singers and bands. Could you imagine doing that from the past? <laughs> telling, telling bands, you know what I mean? Telling the, the Rolling Stones and, and telling you know, uh, Metallica and, and Bon Jovi and <laughs> telling all these bands, uh, no, these lyrics are, are, are not right. You've gotta, you've gotta conform to this. Oh wait, holy shit. Welcome to fucking communism. Welcome to fascist state. Welcome to deep fucking fascist state extravaganza. That is so not conspiracy theory. That is the textbook example when rules start coming down from, from, from above because you know society, they believe the citizens aren't conforming. 
When they start fucking with art, guess what? You've lost. You now live in a fascist state. Yeah, I got extreme there, but I'm being honest. Movies are art, but they're also commodities, so we pay for them. So it's twofold. It's art, so the writer and the director, they can go nuts, and they often do. But at the end of the day, yeah, you do have to still make your money back. Otherwise, it's just a, it's just a school project. It's just a college uh, student film. But if you're actually looking to make your money back on the freaking $800 million you spent, or nowadays almost a billion, you need to make that billion dollars back. And guess what? You need every family to come. You need every race and every gender to come. Oh, did you not think of that shit? Yeah. Everyone needs to come because we all buy tickets. Or you know what we also do? We also don't buy tickets. Yeah, we also stay away because you've annoyed us. And by trying to go one audience, you've excluded all the rest. So I'm going to end on that. When you try to go for a specific audience and you try to tick that box, you've now narrowed down your audience. And so you're not going to make your money back? Don't know what to say. Can't pay the carpenters. Can't pay the, can't pay the electricians. Can't pay the caterers. I mean, shit, once you're left paying the actors, you've got nothing left if you don't make your money back. So, food for thought, folks. What can I say? Anyway, I just had to get that out because I, I really just, I, I'm seeing it a lot more lately and it's like a vice grip on my lungs because I'm such a, a movie lover and I'm starting, to, I'm starting to love movies less and less because they're becoming less entertaining and more political propaganda. And again, I'm not naive. There's been hints of that all through, through Hollywood and movies through the past. But why don't you slip it in slightly? if you have a certain view. Or if the movie's about that, then make it about that. If the movie is about, you know, African-American uh, transgender uh, handicapped basketball team, then, then throw it all in. It's about that. But if it's a movie about superheroes in general or something that should appeal to a wider audience, then just make sure you appeal to a wider audience. So, oh, one more thing. I was going to go back to the Marvel thing. I think everyone thinks that when they do the whole girl boss thing, which is the trend for all Mar Marvel movies, and men have to be the, like the, the beta male, they're practically a cuckold, half of these. They're not even leading men anymore. They're just beta males on screen. Oh, yeah, they're just these timid males. You know, they think that women only want to come to watch other women. You know why you got such a huge wide audience with the, the first phase of the Marvel movies? Well, they came to see heroes whether they were male or female, but I'm going to be honest with you here, and you can check around. A lot of the women came to see the beefy men. Oh, shit. Did you ever think of that? Yeah, they came to see the muscly men. Are you crazy? You, you don't think they, they've come to see Thor and to see Hemsworth on screen doing his thing? And isn't that funny where nowadays uh, it's getting into a bit of an iffy area if the woman shows a little bit of cleavage, but those guys, they better get their shirts off. Wow how the tables have turned <laughs> men get your shirts off oil up women stay 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 conservative stay mo modest you know what i mean really you think the women didn't come to see the men they did so if you just you know flood the movie with girl bosses you're also still going to lose the audience because they're not always coming to the movies just to see them on screen okay we all go to the movies to see the human experience about humans in general with a good character and a good story. And whatever, whatever gender or race ends up on screen, we just hope they were the right person and the, for the right part. Simple as that. So I'll leave you with that too, all right? <laughs>
All right. Well, hope you enjoyed that. And uh, those are my thoughts. And uh, hey, I hope the movies start getting better. So enjoy. All right. Catch you later.